I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Hi guys, welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. We have a episode full of stuff for you guys. We're going to be talking about the Suns 18 game win streak that was ended by the Warriors just recently. And then we're also going to talk about Steph and his chase to upseat Ray Allen for the most three-pointers. So he's like on there and it's so close. We're yeah. also going to be talking about Lakers. And we know, we know they're struggling. And so what we think they need to do to fix it and what we think if Coach Frank Vogel will be fired. And then we're also going to talk about the Kings. Shocking. <laughs> they fired their coach, Luke Walton. So we're going to dip into that. And then just throughout, we're just going to be talking about Christmas Day and what we expect from those games from our West Coast teams. And so it's going to be a full episode full of information. But first, before we get to any of that, let's start with the Suns' 18-game win streak being ended by the Warriors. Oh, yeah! I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Crazy. Because it was like the it was funny because the Suns ended the Warriors' streak first, and then the Warriors got their revenge and ended their streak. And I was just like, very, very timing. Yeah, I think it's crazy because they're literally the two best teams in the Pacific Division right now and the two best teams on the West Coast in general. They're literally tailing each other right now, almost tied uh, 20 and 4, both records, um, over 800% winning. I mean, they have the best shooters, they've had some of the best win streaks. Um, so I think it speaks to both teams right now where we are. We're almost like a third of the way through the season I guess you can say and obviously you have the big rematch on Christmas Day we'll we'll also um, get into but what do you think it means for the Suns to come off such a long season you know not being able to bring home the championship and then kind of power out um, into an eight game winning streak which is a franchise record right now it was 17 before and that Mm -hmm. was in 2006 so this is really a new error for them. I think it honestly it does mean a lot because even if you put them winning on the side, like they're going through stuff behind the scenes as well with um, their whole management and stuff like and their ownership. So for them to be able to continue to win in the face of what's happening, it gives them I give them a lot of props to them. DeAndre Aiden has also been like consistent i'm just so impressed by the suns as a whole they have been able to keep up the winning without booker since he was out um with that hamstring injury which i think they're gonna be um kind of checking up on but i just feel like this just kind of goes back to the suns want and need to win they really want it they're playing like they want it they're being consistent um chris paul is just chris pauling out there so i feel like they 
they're onto something and like you mentioned they're at the top for a reason they're competing with the warriors for a reason and they might they're definitely going to the playoffs this season will they win maybe this could be their i don't eh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like I always I always sound so positive, and then I just remember that Curry is with the Warriors and Clay Thompson's making a comeback. So I'm just like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely almost a fifty fifty competition between mm-hmm. them as far as who's going to make it. One obviously to the Western Conference Finals, and then who's going to actually make it to the finals, the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said. Both teams are playing very well. Obviously, right now, Booker is out with that hamstring injury, and that's the game that they actually lost uh, that ended their their streak. Uh, so he's actually spe- expected to come back for Christmas Day, and so is Clay. Like you just mm-hmm. mentioned, he'll be back in the lineup, which is, I don't know, it's going to make things even scarier for the Warriors as far as how well they are playing right now. They are... Um, I believe I just wrote it down. Third in points per game, um, they're sh- they're shooting like crazy. They have the best <laughs> assist per game average right now at twenty nine, which means they're sharing the ball just how they're supposed to be. They're all on the same page. The chemistry is there. Um, obviously, they have a really big depth for their bench. Like the bench had fifty one points in the in that game that they took down the Suns and Curry was saying, you know, we couldn't let them extend their streak on, on our home court. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's that rivalry that's sparking between these two greats. You have a vet like CP three, who's still playing extremely well. He's the assist leader for the team right now with tennis, at least 10 assists per game. So he's controlling the floor. Like he always does. It's just, they're the one of, I think two of the most exciting teams to watch right now. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, and Curry has, like, his not-so-perfect games, but that's the thing that makes him scary is the fact that he bounces back. So, like, even in that first game when the Warriors lost to the Suns, uh, Curry, I think, was, let me see, 4 of 21 from the field. So it wasn't great. It It wasn't one of his best games. But then you're like, okay, well, let me come back. And then at home... He was ninth. He finished with twenty three points, five rebounds, and five assists. Like the perfect way to come back for them. So if, if anything, that makes it the Warriors even scarier because let's say you're playing them in a series, expect Curry to have one bad game, but then expect him to come back and beat your ass the next. So exactly, definitely mm-hmm. scary. I couldn't have said it better, better <laughs> myself. Steph, he gets that motivation. I feel like when he knows he didn't play a really good game, he's going to come back ten, 10 times harder. He's going to try to fix his mistakes. You know, he's going to be working really hard, watching film, all that good stuff. But I think on the flip side of Curry not scoring well, it speaks well to the Suns' defense mm-hmm. uh, because they actually matched him up with uh, Mikko Michael Bridges? Mikhail Bridges. Um, so he challenged Steph in that last game, and that was the game, like you said, he had 20, 23 points, 8 of 20. Even in the win, it wasn't a mm-hmm. shooting game for Curry. So I think that if Phoenix continues to focus on their defense, the Christmas Day rematch at home in Phoenix, they may actually pull it off. That would be crazy. I mean, they're also going to be at home, so I feel like 
they have a little bit more sway. And then I, I, I mean, I'm a De DeAndre Aiden stand right here on this side over here. So I feel like he has just been so consistent. This season, he's averaging 16.3 points and 11 rebounds per game. And so I feel like we've seen him grow, and he's just been such a consistent player, even for that Warriors game. Like, So I expect him to have a great game on Christmas Day. You heard it here first. For sure. For sure. <laughs> no doubt. Mm. Matt, but like, imagine that. I feel like there was so much on him. Like, where's this Aiden? Where is the number? Because he was number one pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, where is this number one pick? And it's just like, now he has a time. Now he's grown into his own. He's gotten consistent. He was the 2019 NBA All-Rookie First Team selection. So the fact that he can do all of this and now it's just coming to fruition on the floor is like, I feel you. The Suns might give the Warriors a run for their money. Yeah, for sure. Now with Clay back in the lineup, I think it makes oh, it. Oh, I uh, forgot. Yeah, damn yeah. it. I take it back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Way hard. It still it presents its challenges, but I feel like playing against playing against Curry already. He's obviously on this hot streak. We're going to talk about his his three point chase, his three point uh, record chase, and then you have. Um, Players like Gary Payton the second and Jordan Poole, who's maybe mm -hmm. like a third splash brother. So Phoenix has definitely seen what the Warriors kind of mentality or structure is already. Like they're big on shooting and they know how to pressure into that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel like with Clay, he's obviously he's not going to come out 100% after being off for like over two years. Uh, but it's still, he's still going to be Clay. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he may not <laughs> shoot for 30 points, but he may come out and shoot for like, you know, 15 or 12. And even that extra little amount of points is going to make a difference in the overall score. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I agree. And then Steph is under pressure, but not, I, I guess not under pressure. I think he's more excited than under pressure. He has 16 more threes before he, beco before he becomes the all-time great three-point shooter in the league, beating Ray Allen, whose record has been there since 2011, and that record stands right now at 2,973 threes. That's crazy. I mean, what... First of all, it's just the number of threes. And then if you go and see the number of threes in how many games. So Ray Allen had yes. 2,973 threes in 1,300 games. Curry is about to catch up to him in just 785 games. Like, Crazy. that's a whole... Oh, let me do my math really quick. Three, four... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, math was not my strong suit. Okay, at least 500, right? Okay. Did I do it right? 500? I'm not going to do that math in my okay. head. <laughs> well, let's just say, like, 500 games difference. Like, that is very extraordinary. And the fact that Curry still has some time left to keep playing and keep adding to the threes, it's crazy. It's such right. a great accomplishment for Curry. A huge, huge accomplishment, and it, it speaks to the difference in 
competitiveness I feel like across generations for basketball and especially obviously the NBA because you know Ray Allen like you said did that over a thousand games and 15 years it took him 15 (laughs) years after being drafted to actually um accumulate that record and Curry's only been in the league for 12 so and you could pay you could play like a lot more games within that three or so years span in between um and even the games Curry has been mostly healthy his range is impeccable (laughs) I mean it's out of this world he could literally shoot from the stands did you see that I saw that no dude he's like his arm is crazy like and and the thing is it's the accuracy for me because it's literally like all net. Yeah, like it doesn't bounce. It doesn't like go yes. it's just whoop right in. No glass, no bobble, no rim, like straight in. And I'm just like, dude, did you take like you majored in physics too? Or what is how did, how is your accuracy so amazing from so many points of the court well beyond the three-point line. So that also just speaks to his creativity and, and his work ethic, I feel like, because definitely half of, you know, long-range shooters cannot shoot like Curry shoots from beyond three-point range. Um, so he, he knocked down seven threes in the last game. That was a win versus the Magic. Uh, he talked about how he may go for six or it's not impossible (laughs) for him to shoot 16 threes in a game which is funny because clay actually owns the record for most threes in a game at 14 and that was in 2013 and he beat curry's previous record of 13 threes in a game so obviously there's that brotherly competition going on wouldn't that be a thing for you to pass ray allen and beat your teammates record on the same game that, that would that's like a that's like a movie that is a movie right there yeah uh do it on i would hope i would love if this record was actually pushed out a little bit and that we could see that of like for christmas day like that would be the ultimate christmas present but obviously i believe that within the next one or two games oh Curry's for sure going bring, yeah he's going to beat it yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think that's his goal. Uh, obviously, his goal is maybe, like, win, win the games. But his, the, like you mentioned, his arm is something unbelievable. And you know what gets me, too? Like, some of the, some of the shots are not wide-open shots. They're being contested. Oh, no. Like, and from deep. So contested yes. from deep, and you're still making them, like you mentioned, like, no backboard, no, like, jumping around. That's crazy. That arm is, like, science or something, because... He, he loves a contested shot. I feel like that's when he feels more in his, like, more confident. He's like, oh, somebody's in my face. I could definitely make this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was I was actually there for when he came for the, for the Clippers game, and he was lit. He was on, the, like, the ref didn't call, called uh, tech on him and all this stuff, and it's like, yes. it's like, it lit a fire under him, and he was like, let me go off now, and I was like... That arm is impressive. Impressive. And then he shot that three from the corner. Like, he had... Contested. Yes. Yes. Half of an inch away from being out of bounds, basically. And he, like, hit the tee to the ref. It was... So, it was... It's crazy. Like, so the, the fact that you even have the talent to be able to pull that off. Like, I... What I love to do is rub shit in people's faces. That's, like... <laughs> that's fucking perfect. He's like, let me... I have the talent to back this up and then I was like yes 
Me and yeah. Curry could be friends. <laughs> no, he talks to talk and walks to walk, and that's yes. definitely on period, okay? And he's, right now, he's second in the league for points per game with 27 Point seven <laughs> uh, points per game. That's almost thirty. Obviously, the one who is leading right now is Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. former teammate. Lol. <laughs> uh, and obviously, the Warriors have they have one of two games, I believe, uh, this season against the Nets, and they've already won one. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be the that game would be fun too to watch. But the Nets do have the Lakers on Christmas Day, so. They do. We will be seeing KD in action, which I'm excited for. Well, talking about the Lakers, should we before we even get into their Christmas game, should we talk about how they've been playing? Their yes. struggles. Ah. Well, yeah. you know what? I feel like a lot of people have a lot of takes on what's happening with the Lakers, given that they have so much talent and they have yet to found to find some kind of rhythm or mm-hmm. like to go on any like positive win streaks and stuff like that. I think for myself, it comes down to defense, and I feel like that's really the difference from the other seasons. What do you think? What what? How can the Lakers go about fixing whatever's happening yes. to them? Yes, defense, just like you said. Thank it, you. it really is all about defense right now. They're leading uh, the league right now in, in points per game. We all know that they can shoot. I'm sorry, they're not first, but I, I believe they're right under the Warriors, which is like, wow, the Warriors have this 20-4 and four record, and the <laughs> Lakers are sitting here just above 500%, but shooting almost just as good as the Warriors. So what else could it be? It's defense. They are 29th in points allowed in the league. Horrible. Almost dead last. They're allowing 113 points, and opponents are shooting for an average of 45% from field goal range, which means what? Again, they're not playing no defense, Mm -hmm. zero defense. They're relying just on their shooters. They're relying on their all-stars. Right now, obviously, um... They're on trend. They're on track for, you know, LeBron, AD, Russell, and Carmelo all shooting their best right now. Mm-hmm. But at the end of, other end of the floor, like, they're not do, getting no block shots. They're, they have fifth, they're averaging 15 turnovers per game. And Russell Westbrook is, has the highest um, average of turnovers per game. And he's a ball handler, which is terrifying. So... Not only are they handling the ball sloppy and allowing those opportunities for the opponents for fast break points or transition points, um, they're they're not pulling down half as many offensive rebounds as they are defensive rebounds, so they're not getting any second chances. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's all the numbers and the way they play really says it all. Is that they're not focused on defense and that leads up to the conversation of their head coach and what is he doing to emphasize the issues that they are having LeBron came out and he said you know the players have to do a better job obviously yes they do have to do a better job but if leadership is not giving them either one like some kind of initiative or a consequence to how they're performing on both ends of the floor, then who's going to take the the brink or the break or who's going to take the initiative to fix that? I 
I half agree with you. I have, because uh, I'm just like, mm, uh, yeah, I definitely defense. Their focus definitely has to be defense. And I think because they lost a lot of their strong defensive players in the last season, they, they haven't been able to find a gap for that. And like you said, they haven't been able to focus on it. But I also think like, for example, so the question of Vogel's job is kind of like, the question everybody's been asking, like, is he going to be fired? Are they going to, what are they going to do? Is it on him? And like, I honestly, I don't think it's on him that much, at least for the defensive part. You can tell them to rebound. And if they're not rebounding, that's on them. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's telling them like, rebound. I, I find myself screaming at, at, the, at the television, like rebound, rebound, rebound. And the fact that Russ, Russell Westbrook is the one that's rebounding the most out of everybody is beyond <laughs> me. You know, when you have Anthony Davis out there, when you have Dwight Howard, when you have DeAndre Jordan. And so, mm-hmm. and so me, I feel like what I will give criticism to Vogel is maybe his lineups and his, like, his, yeah, his lineups. Because if you have players out there, they have to be willing to go out and do the work. And so for some times, I've been just like, mm, why this player? Why not this other player? And if they're gonna if they're not gonna work out for you, why are you taking them out at this moment when they're when they're playing well? Or why are you are you putting this player when they haven't really been their best? So I so for me, I will give him that part of the blame because he does kind of move things around a little bit too much, maybe. When but I also don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt because they don't have an entirely healthy roster yet. And their roster just keeps moving. Like, they were just out. LeBron was just out. And now he was out again. And it's just, like, ugh, too much. Too much happening. So I feel like until there's, like, not, like, a... I'm going to do it, like, science Until there's not, like, a not a lot of factors, then I won't really bl- blame Vogel. I feel like there's too many factors right now for him just to solely take the blame. And so I don't think they're going to fire him. Also, um... He, they could just give him a contract extension, right? So like, he still has two years. I don't think the Lakers want to pay him <laughs> and then right. go out, go out of their way to get another one. So too many factors, I think, play a role in their current struggles. But definitely they need to focus on defense. And will I blame it all on Vogel? No. Okay. I, I, obviously, I think that is reasonable because it's never just one person's yeah. fault. But there's always one person that has to take the brunt of the blame. That's and true. right now, people are going to look towards him because he's the head coach. And the, that's just usually how the ball literally rolls mm-hmm. when, when it comes to a situation like this, when you have so much talent. And it it kind of looks like it could be so easy to win a ton of games, but you have to understand how complex each player is and how complex each lineup will be with how you change it or how you rearrange it on people's strengths and weaknesses. And they haven't had a lot of time Mm -hmm. to figure out not only the players themselves, but the coaching staff, what works and what doesn't work. Again, we're only about a third of the way through the season. Only about 20, 30 games have been played, um, which is really not a lot. And they have been playing teams who have, one, either been playing together for a long time mm-hmm. or, two, already had that stable kind of uh, flow to their offense and to their defense. And they they don't. They just don't. They don't have the flow. Yeah. Uh, 
right now they already have five OT games with four wins, which is way too many overtimes, honestly, for, for a caliber mm-hmm. like the Lakers, that, that it has to be decided in an extra quarter. Um, and then you have that three OT game, which I think was embarrassing. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Versus the Kings, who ended up winning anyway. <laughs> it was crazy. That game was... I feel like that was the worst game of the season. And last night's game against the Celtics was probably the best game of their season. So it's just like, how can you play so good and so bad at the same time? How? (laughs) Honestly, though, I I think that game against the Celtics, they definitely needed because it's obviously a a traditional rivalry. And I think LeBron came out and scored like 30 30. points. Yes, 30 points. I feel like, yeah. Oh, continue. No, go ahead. No, well, I just feel like, yeah, they had to, one, they had to win, and two, they they focused on, like, the little things for this game, and that's literally what worked for them. It's like, okay, let's focus on the little things, and then it worked, because they were not making those mistakes that lead to losses. So I'm just like, <sighs> what? Like, can we just play, can you guys just play like that every single game? Mm, I don't You're know. Right. Too much to ask, I guess, at this point, but, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, that's why I really, really, I wouldn't really put all the blame on Vogel, unlike how we just mentioned the Kings right now that fired Luke Walton. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, now he, he deserves some, definitely some, um, um some slack. You think so? I mean, I, I think a little tiny bit of slack. Ooh, all right. Tell me why. Um, first off, this is one of the King's best seasons, and that's obviously not saying much. Um, but it is one of the best seasons that they, they've had. I think he was one of the top winningest coaches, uh, in the, in the past few years. Again, not saying much, uh, <laughs> But it is a little early, I think, in the season to just be firing people. <laughs> uh, they they had they it was right after they dropped seven of eight games. They lost to the Spurs, the Thunder, the Wolves, which are also struggling teams. But then, if you look at the bigger picture, they have wins against the Suns, the Hornets, the Lakers, and then they just won two straight against mm-hmm. the Clippers. Uh, so it, it's kind of. Obviously, that was actually with their assistant coach, um, Alvin Gentry, right now, who, mm-hmm. who achieved that promotion. Um, but I don't believe he has the official title. He's still interim. And in the last 15 years, the Kings have had 10 head coaches. Luke Walton went 68 of 93 in the last two seasons, which is, I, I think, maybe a little under 500. Mm-hmm which is on average, again, for the Kings. <laughs> and they've they've ranked worse in defensive efficiency. So those were a lot of the things going against them. But it, it's weird because if the Kings can't find some stability or, or some relationship, they feel like they can work out long-term with a head coach, that they could find trust, that they could find some kind of stable flow, uh, just adding all these changes is never going to give them that confidence uh yeah i i mean yes but i'm like yes but no but like i don't know because i feel like like luke walton had all this talent and then like for him to drop like you said seven of their last eight and start the season six to six and eleven like 
that's not that's not a good look. Maybe I'm just a little bit more biased because before he was with the Kings, he was with the Lakers, and he got let go as well, right? Yeah. By the Lakers. So I feel like I had seen him like not do so great with, in LA, and now not do so great with the Kings. So I'm just like, mm, maybe they didn't want to wait it out just a little bit longer because it's like you're gonna wait for one more season. Is it you're just gonna be wasting time at this point? From from the Kings standpoint, is what I think. And, right. and it's not like they lacked talent. Maybe in no. past seasons, they didn't have these these players like De'Aaron Fox, like Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, like Combs. So it's just like, they should they should have been winning. But you did make a good point because I did not see who they did win against. And if they're winning against top teams, so why can't they beat the not-so-great teams? That's that's uh, That doesn't make sense right. to me. That does not make sense to me. Yeah, and, and that's a sol- that's a solid argument for sure. It's just is you know as long as we've been doing this podcast and the longest yes. have been around, it's the same story. They start off, they're like, oh yeah, they have a good solid group of de- <laughs> developmental players, and you know they're shooting well, and they're talented, and then it's just like fire coach, uh, you know, seven game losing streak, ah, uh, a mess. <laughs> Dude, yes, we never come on here and talk. We, I mean, we always try to be positive at the start of the season, but then at the end, we're just like, well, the Kings are just gonna be Kings, and uh, kings. that's it. And it sucks. I also feel like maybe there was there was a lot of pressure, at least from um corporate side onto Luke, like this was gonna be the year that we had to they had to do something. And right. so like his job was literally on the line since the season started. And so for him to go to go off to that kind of start to drop seven in their last eight, it was just like mm, well, well you already knew the pressure was on there. So like you kinda didn't deliver or because I don't know that the talent is there. Yeah, I saw. Is. I saw. It, I saw. It, you know, when the you, we were just talking about the Lakers three overtimes, triple overtime. Yeah. Like they want it. The players want it. They're pushing out there. Wait, was he fired then already? Hmm. Um, I don't. I'm actually not sure. That's hmm. a good question. I think he was. But anyway, it doesn't matter because the 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 players want it, right? So they're like out there winning, scoring, shooting. I feel like this, it does kind of fall on Luke at this point, and he really kind of knew the pressure going into the season. So I was not that shocked since it had already been coming. Like, you know, like even if Vogel gets fired, like, within two or three months, and I don't think any of us are going to be shocked either. Yeah, I, I mean, I would give it until at least after Christmas. <laughs> after Keep, the holidays. Sa- save it for Save it for the holidays or something, but he... Obviously knows his job is on the line. Yes, he has a... He won that championship in the bubble, right? Or was that Walton? Who? Who, who, who? Vogel? Yes, he did. Yeah, so that that was him coaching in the bubble. So he already has that kind of defending him. Obviously, those were under very unique circumstances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he's not able to produce in regular circumstances, those are odds that are will be against him. Uh, but I, I think as this season progresses and then obviously we have the Lakers playing the Nets at home on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. We just said KD is the best shooter in the league this season right now. And you have the Lakers who have so much star power but have no idea what to do with it. <laughs> who do you think is going to win on Christmas Day? Well, 
Leslie the fan obviously thinks Lakers because mm-hmm. they can do no wrong in her eyes. Leslie, me right now, <laughs> uh, I would not, you know, I feel like KD is one of those players that like Curry, they like to be kind of underestimated. And like, why would you even underestimate the Nets? At this point, but like I feel like you're coming into LA, you're gonna go up against LeBron, AD, Russ, like all these stars, like you mentioned. I feel like he's gonna be a little bit like of an underdog kind of vibe. So KD's gonna show out, and he's yeah. leading the league with twenty eight point four points per game. So he's gonna be like, this is my moment. And then right now, especially right now that he has all the spotlight on himself, Harden has been, you know, just not. As the Harden we know, Kyrie is out of the picture <laughs> for who knows yeah. how long. So I just feel like it's going to be, one, a really great game to watch. I'm really excited, actually, for this one. But uh, the Lakers have not been consistent enough for me to think they're going to win, for sure. They haven't. Um, and as far as them competing against top East contenders, right now they have a loss against the Bucks, former champs, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they have not play the Nets. They obviously have a win against the Celtics, um, but that's after a lot of struggling games mm-hmm. that they have. And, and LeBron is returning. No, and the Celtics Stop. aren't even that great this season either. I think they're like tenth in the East. So exactly. So they're they're not at the they're not top notch competition. They're just kind of like uh, I, I guess like, yeah a tease of of what the East has to offer as far as competition. Uh, but the the Nets is are definitely going to uh, give them a high uh, caliber competition. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers, if they don't win, they obviously can take a lot away from that game and they can learn a lot about themselves. Uh, a lot of people will be watching, <laughs> for, for sure. sure. <laughs> Stay, so either way, they will hear, um, they will get feedback either that they do or do not want. <laughs> And even though it will be at the new ill cryptum crypto dot com arena, <laughs> ill, <laughs> ill. Uh, it's very sad, obviously, to see the the legacy that the Staples Center has held um, in LA come down and and be renamed. Um, but obviously, it has all to do with money and nothing to do with legacy. Yes. <laughs> Oh, don't be too hurt about it, okay, fans? <laughs> Dude, I know. People are so sad. Like, I had so many DMs. Like, why? Why? And I'm just like, it's just money. Like, yeah. Petco? Hello? Yeah, it's You're the right. store. <laughs> like, everybody, so far, like, yeah, everybody has, like, like their names. The fact is that we Staples has been Staples since, like, the beginning. So I, I feel yeah. like it is different for people. And they're just like, oh, shit, well, I just thought it was called Staples. No, it's literally yeah. after the fucking store. <laughs> so, and then it's... When is the last time you've been inside of Staples? Like, ask yourself. <laughs> Honestly, I was li- I was looking it up last time. Like Staples. Like, damn, I don't even off- remember. Do you remember Office Max? <laughs> yes, they're still around. Are they? Uh, oh, Office Max and Office Depot, right? Oh my goodness, stop! I don't know. See, I just go to Target for when I need stuff like that, or online. <laughs> exactly, and they could at least like Target. The Target Center would have been better. But see, Target don't need that. Target doesn't need that. They're like, (laughs) we're good. We got our customers. We don't need a name building after us. (laughs) You're right. So obviously, it's it's a lot of history that is gone. But with the what the Lakers have right now, and the well, the Clippers are getting their own arena eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. in 2023. 
So they they have time and <laughs> and let me tell you wait wait and let me tell you that arena's gonna be nice. Oh, I bet they I they have... I signed up for their newsletters right, and so right. let me tell you they are let me look it up so I can. They are selling their luxury suites now for twenty twenty for fall twenty twenty four when their season starts, and they're nice. They're gonna have courtside cabanas. Cabanas, courtside, not- yeah, <laughs> backstage so bungalows. That's so California. And then they're gonna have you know the the suites that go on top, like you know the usual. But the right. one that really intrigues intrigues me is the courtside cabanas because there's like they're gonna have tables. It looks like a whole like lounge area on the court side. So I'm just like, how is that gonna work? Like, I w- I'm gonna love to see that. Yeah, and I guess it's gonna have to be some some way like elevated so the people go behind them can see. Oh, I have that's what I, that's what I'm so like I'm so excited for. And they're that's, selling, that's, they're selling. Let me tell you. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, and, and hopefully, obviously, we didn't have a big headline to to stick to the Clippers no. this episode uh, okay. because they like the Lakers are also struggling. Struggle bus, <laughs> struggle bus, LA. <laughs> But the Lakers just have more players to talk about, so that's where we are with that. <laughs> it's okay. When once Kawhi comes back, I'm pretty sure um, the Clippers will enter back into our regular rotation. Of course, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, but, like I'm excited for Christmas. Any other game you're excited about that's not on the on the West? Um, I think. So the Bucks play the Celtics, which mm-hmm. is kind of like okay. I I think the Bucks obviously are just great to watch in general. Okay. The Knicks and the Hawks. Um, love Trey Young. He's amazing. I'm I'm so and, excited for that game. <laughs> yeah, I honestly would have loved to see the Hawks and the Hornets. Mm. Ooh. I, I think this schedule was honestly a little bit premature. <laughs> Uh, obviously, it was planned out like in the summer, so it was more on expectations of every team. And then they have the Jazz and the Mavericks, which is like, eh, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I guess out of the the Warriors and the Suns and the Nets and the Lakers, obviously my top two. And then hmm, between the East Coast rivalries, I would I think I would go Bucks over Bucks and Celtics over Knicks and Hawks. Mm, I okay, I would go. Hawks, Knicks over Celtics, Bucks. Just because I love to see Trey Young <laughs> play yeah. against New York, I feel like it's always like drama with that. So I'm just like, ah. I'm here yeah, for that I extra stuff. Remember what happened last year during the playoffs? So there's <laughs> definitely beef there. Yeah, like, and they just keep it up. They keep going. I'm like, I, if this is gonna be a new rivalry, like, I'm here for it. For sure. All right. Well, guys, that is all we have for you this episode. We're looking forward to Christmas, and we hope we're wishing you a merry one and obviously a happy new year. Thank you guys for sticking with us, and we'll see you soon. I am Bronna Marks here with Leslie. All right, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.